three, two, one, record or something. Yeah. Who's based? Are we on the time filler? No, we're not on the time filler. I I don't have any listeners. Oh. We're on the Midwest coast. Damn, I didn't know it was like that. No, I don't have shit for this. This is like Stephen A. Smith's ESPN Plus show versus Max Kellerman's. Yeah, it's a little right. like I'm I'm Max Kellerman. One's got a fucking uh, hairline that goes back a little bit further than the other. <laughs> Sawyer, Sawyer and I are uh, liquored up and ready to go. So whenever you want to kick this off, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to drive. All right. I was gonna throw all the liquor on the coals in here and get this fucking place smoked up. I'm fucking sweating already. <laughs> Me too. All right, you can go ahead, Nick. Whenever you're ready. Oh, I gotta quit pushing on on the door. I'm losing our heat. All right, we are back with the Midwest Coast Pod. I'm your host, Nick Malum. Joined, as it seems as always, uh, Phil Emmerich. Phil, how are we doing tonight? Uh, I'm raring to go, Nick. Big game two win by the Bucks, and plenty of Wisconsin sports action to talk about, so I'm ready to go. And uh, back by popular demand, um, he was a hit the last time. It's uh, Sawyer Hayes. Sawyer, how are we doing? Hey. I, uh, I appreciate that intro, Nick. I know the people enjoy what they hear, and I'm here to give the people what they want. I feel a little bit but like uh, Jalen and Jacoby right now, but I'm here to give the people what they want, so I'm back. Happy to have you. That's right. We're basically as popular as uh, Jalen and Jacoby ever since you uh, joined the pod. So, um, How many years has it been since Jalen and Jacoby were together? That's at least three, huh? You know what, Phil? I don't have the stats um, pulled up right now, so I'm just going to disregard your comment altogether. Um, okay. So, Bucks with a big win tonight. Yeah. Hey, shut up. Bucks with a big win tonight. You know, obviously pretty dominating. Um, I don't know where exactly we want to start because I know, Phil, I know that you and I wanted to give some takes on game five of the net series. <laughs> I had so many takes for that game. Um, but um, I, you know, I, we, we don't want to date ourselves too much since it's been a, kind of a little while, but um, boy, oh boy, I, I guess let's, before we even get into this game, um, how about we kind of talk about the Bucks? run through the playoffs so far they 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 blew out the heat and that was kind of a snooze fest which i was okay with because of um i guess how embarrassing it was last year to lose to the heat um so right. i had no i had zero sympathy for them this year at all and um that was very satisfying obviously the nets series um you know we can talk about that as well but um, it just seems like it seems like this this Bucks playoff squad has been um, kind of a Jekyll and Hyde here. They're they're, they're just so up and down. Um, after this game two win, uh, Phil, I'd I'd like to hear um, kind of your thoughts on this Bucks team and and how how um, I guess confident you are in them moving forward. Yeah, you know it's been up and down for them. I think the Heat series showed that they were just a, a way better team than the Heat. The Net series showed that a depleted Net squad could be defeated by a Bucks team, even when we didn't shoot 
her play offense particularly well that series. And I think what we're learning from this Hawks series is that we are, you know, aside from a Herculean effort by Trey Young, we're a better team than the Hawks. And when we have offense to go with the defense, you see what you saw tonight, which is really just overpowering the Atlanta team. And um, I don't know, it's been gritty. It's been frustrating. It's been bewildering. Um, I've traded Chris Middleton nine times this playoffs. Um, I'll just admit to that. But all in all, it's been fun to watch. And I'm I'm glad that they're still just playing their game, I think, is more so than anything. So, Eric? So, I got some disagreements with the both of you right off the bat. You called – the both of you called the team – collectively up and down but I would strongly have to disagree with that it's more certain players who have who have played up and down which has caused the Bucks some razzle dazzle in a few games and not winning games that they should have carried out in the long run it is not the team collectively it is, it is certain players uh, Giannis has played great throughout the series he has been consistent uh Cash Money Middleton and my boy Drew. I don't want to call the names and point them out specifically, but hey, I just did. They have not been consistent, and uh, those are the guys that are giving us some ups and downs. Even I would throw uh, Coach Budenholzer in that category as well. Uh, as far as playing time goes for my man Bobby Portis, we've seen what tonight did. He gave us some strong minutes some strong points and boards. He's just an, just an imposition out there on the defensive end. He just poses a threat to anyone he's guarding. And uh, that's my biggest takeaway from uh, that question, my man, Nick. I, I love Bobby Portis. I mean, we shouldn't, we shouldn't spend too much time here on Bobby Portis, but that guy just brings a toughness to this squad that uh, we just haven't seen. And, um, you know, kind of in the middle of game two here tonight when um, fucking Gallinari starts going off. And I'm thinking, why can the Bucks just never have a role player who just kind of, you know, is kind of like a like a heat check guy, you know, kind of, you know, you can bring him up off the bench and he has a potential to go three for three and, and you know, grab you a quick eight or nine points. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think Portis might even be more important than even being one of those guys in that this box squad for the past few years has been kind of soft. And even, even now they, they sometimes show some signs of that where the moment kind of gets to him. Um, the moment's not going to get to Portis. Uh, he's not the best player out there, but he's tough as hell. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, I I I understood that they couldn't play him last series, but um, I'm I'm glad that he's kind of getting some run now uh, with them. Um, so, um, so Phil, I I want to ask you: Is this playoff run? Um, do you and you know maybe it's even too early because they you know who knows they could still lose the to the hawks i mean that's not even implausible i mean if you go one and one um 
on the road. I mean, that's kind of a win for the Hawks there, and yet tonight was pretty dominating. But I'll ask it this early. Um, Even if they beat the Hawks, do you – do you view this team differently knowing that they beat uh, a Nets team that was depleted? Oh, uh, boy. That's going to be – I mean, that's probably going to be brought up by the talking heads. I mean, ESPN, FS1, they're going to mention that the Nets didn't have all their guys. I mean, I'll say this. We, over the course of NBA history, we haven't seen a team like the Nets that just brings in, like, I mean, three – bonafide superstars and then a bunch of washed up guys it it was kind of an aberration to begin with so I don't I don't really in my own personal lens view that a loss to a depleted net squad is a knock against this Bucks team because the net squad in and of itself is kind of an aberration so I don't know I mean you can always make that argument the playoffs this year more than any year is of is a series of attrition I mean you see guys going down with with a lot of different injuries. You see Chris Paul with COVID. So just survive in advance applies to this one. I don't see it as a knock. I don't know. Sorry. What do you think is it is beating just Kyrie and half of a James Harden or not Kyrie. KD. It's, it's not a knock. Like you said, Phil, they got the big three, but they got guys around him. And who's the fucking main guy. Who's the king of the big three. It's it's, we saw who it was. And anybody who watches basketball saw who it was. And he was on the floor. Uh, they're, I, it's not a knock to the Bucks team at all in my mind. Um, they came that close to beating us. It's not like we fucking blew them out of the water. Uh, it, it, it came down to the wire, and it, it's not a knock. Fair and square, we won the deal. Even KD shook his hand up and said, you know, fair and square, you guys won it, and that's what it is. Yeah, Nick, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Obviously, you brought that up to kind of spur conversation. So, Well, I, I, I also – uh, so, full disclosure, I did not think that the Nets were actually going to win the game that Kyrie got hurt. Um, and yet, I still kind of think that the Nets were going to win the series if he hadn't gotten hurt. Um, but at the same time, um, you can kind of look through the history of the NBA playoffs and find injuries along the way throughout. Now... Um, did they change the series as much as this series changed? Probably not. Um, but it's not as uncommon as you think for injuries throughout the playoffs to, um, majorly affect a certain series. And so, um, so I, you know, I don't think that any Bucks fan should apologize for being, for beating the Nets just by staying healthy because um, I, you know, I think that it was all, it's a little overblown to say um, that this is such an aberration because as you said, Phil, this, this Nets team is kind of an aberration in and of itself. Um, Injuries happen every year throughout the playoffs and it just so happened that, Two, two of the best guys on one team got injured, which is not very likely. But to say that this year is an aberration as far as injuries to you know to to, to two to two superstars, I can guarantee you can find series where two guys 
who are major contributors um, on a playoff team have gotten hurt before. So, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's as much of um, a knock on the Bucks as you would think. I mean, that you know, every team kind of goes through this at some point, and uh, as long as Giannis stays with the Bucks for a while, um, I'm sure the Bucks will have you know a year where where they kind of catch the injury bug, um, so to speak. So I, you know, I I'm knocking on wood as you say that. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully not, but um, at the same time, it's it it you know it's not uncommon. So, um, so that's kind of my thoughts on it. But I, you know, I'm I'm kind of sick of of talking about Bucks being up and down. Um, let's talk about um, let's talk about tonight's win and sort of what your guys' thoughts are on what's real and what's not. Um, so the Bucks look so much better than the Hawks tonight. Um, they're at home, so that's kind of one thing. And again, the Hawks, um, actually split the series. Um, so the playoffs have, or the, the series has officially started because the road teams won, but, <laughs> but, uh, so two completely opposite games. Phil, um, I, you know, between watching both the games, I mean, what, what do you see as real and what do you see as not being real? I mean, what, what, what can we expect going forward from this series now that we've had two completely opposite games? That's a great question, Nick. So to me, and I'm a, I'm a homer, I'm a Bucks fan. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk like one to me. Game one was. Uh, pretty much a once in a, I'm not going to say in a lifetime for Trey Young because he can light up the stat sheet, but we've never seen anything quite like that from him on that stage. Um, so I think that that was a little bit out of character for him on the positive side for the Hawks. And on the negative side for the Bucks. I mean, I would say Chris Middleton didn't have a great game. Drew Holiday didn't have a great game. And we were at home. You know, he did, actually. Guys. Holiday had a... Holiday had like 30 points in the first game. Fucking bum. Anyway. Um, <laughs> she had 30? I didn't know he had yeah. 30. I, I, that, I thought was it, that was a sneaky 30. The quietest 30 I've seen in the NBA playoffs. It wasn't quiet. It was actually pretty good. He was good. He was tiptoeing. Tiptoeing. Cherry, cherry picking ass. Anyway. Anyway. Well, I guess my point being is that I didn't go away from game one thinking that the Bucks played offensively their best game or at least even an average game. No, absolutely not. So, to me, if you find the middle ground between who the Hawks are generally and who the Bucks are generally, you know, obviously tonight I would say it was even in the opposite spectrum. Trey Young having that many turnovers. We shot ungodly well from three. I think it was like 63% at halftime. I mean, that's not sustainable. But the point being is that I think if you play this series out the rest of the way, you know, five, ten times, I think the Bucks win most of them. So, to me, I, I – as a Bucks fan, you should probably anticipate, expect a Bucks win. We we knew going in that they were better than the Hawks, so it, it that's kind of what it boils down to for me. Sorry, I don't know if what you... I don't have many disagreements to that, Phil. Everybody knew going into the game the Bucks were better than the Hawks. Uh, we had fucking seventy-seven points after three quarters tonight. Almost Two quarters. Anyway, that or no? No, no. It was it was 
No, we had that at halftime. Was it at halftime? Yeah, we had that at halftime. Shit, that's my bad. I, I got to take a look back. Hashtag this. analysis. Back, yeah. All right. Excuse me, folks. But uh, 77 after two quarters at halftime. And can the Hawks beat that? Hell no, they don't have that much offensive firepower. They got Trey Young, but he ain't everything. Yeah, he had that monster performance in, in game one. But he's not going to continue to do that. I think the Bucks showed tonight how much they were dominating by for a large majority of the game that they can more than pull this series out bucks and five did trey young have an Allen iverson game one they may want to answer that question a little nba finals 2001 Allen iverson anybody see 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 this is actually kind of um, this is actually a sore spot for longtime Bucks fans because if you go back and look at the foul discrepancy between the two th- or in two thousand one between the Sixers and the Bucks um, throughout that series, it's unbelievable. And David Stern, uh, rest in peace, ought to be ashamed of himself. Did you just kill David Stern? I think he did. He's he actually is dead. He's yeah. R.I.P. David Stern, rest in peace. No shit. Ought to be ashamed of himself. Ought to be ashamed of himself. I mean, God rest his soul, but he ought to be ashamed of himself. Uh, that's um, hey, you just killed David Stearns. David Stearns dead. Stern or Not Stern? to mention, David Stern is, is still president of baseball operations for the Milwaukee Brewers. I was going to say, <laughs> I thought David Stern was a Milwaukee Brewer guy, but are we talking about the same Dave Stern here? Hold on. You just killed the president of the Brewers. Nick, you had a few more uh, silver bullets. I can't give out. Uh, well, Colorado Kool Aid tonight. I can't give out advertisements without conversation or without compensation. Oh, David. On the Midwest hold on, hold on, hold on. David Stern. Yep, that's Stern. what I said the entire time. So thanks, ass clowns. He died <laughs> on January 1st of 2020. Uh, God rest his soul. And uh, you guys also ought to be ashamed of yourselves for um, shitting on David Stern. I never. God rest his soul. But that guy ought to be ashamed of himself. God rest his soul. He was. He brought many good guys in the league. He very clearly had a vendetta against a small market Milwaukee Bucks team who was better than Sixers that year. And I – anyways, I don't know why we're going down this rabbit hole. Phil, you brought this up. Sorry, I just thought great. you killed David Stearns. No, no, David Stearns, he's a he's a legend in Milwaukee. I would never kill David Stearns. But David Stern, um, again, uh, great man, longtime NBA commissioner, but he ought to be ashamed of himself. Um, anyways, look up the fall of discrepancy one time for that series, um, and you'll know that that series was, was completely rigged. Anyways, um, but I – so I can't I, – I don't think you can say that he had a an Iverson game because I think Iverson went off that entire series. I think that, um, that the Hawks – so – I don't think the Hawks are bad. Like, I think the Hawks are actually pretty good. It's just that I think Milwaukee matches up with the Hawks very well. Um, I don't think they really have a guy that can stop Giannis, and I kind of thought that going going into the series. Um, 
not that the Nets had like a, just some bona fide stopper, but they had a guy who was kind of pesky and Blake Griffin. I don't think that the Hawks have that. And I also think that that the Bucks have multiple guys to kind of throw at Young to at least frustrate him. And it was actually frustrating to see game one and how that played out because um, I think, uh, you know, I kind of thought that, that, that the Bucks could have played it a lot better. Um, now, Young, I think at this point, is a bona fide just superstar. And, you know, I guess when you have a guy like that, you never know. Um, but I don't see this one going to seven, honestly. And that, you know, it's weird to say when you drop a game at home. Um, but I I think the Bucks handle this prior to prior to seven games. I just don't think that they match up very well with with the Bucks and their size ultimately. Um so um I I would like to put this off to a later pod, but um we've kind of been struggling to get pods in. So um so Phil, what what do you think ends up kind of happening? Um it it sounds like you got the Bucks going to the finals. Um I personally don't think that they match up near as well with the Suns or the Clippers. Um, but um, what do you kind of think ultimately ends up happening with the Bucks this season? Yeah, so I think Nick knows this. I don't know if Sawyer knows this or any of the uh, Midwest listeners, but I'm actually a little bit of a closet Suns guy. Um, I had them as my dark horse. Any any time filler listeners will know, I, I picked them a couple of years ago as dark horse NBA Finals champions. Um, it, with that With that aside, just – get my plug in. Um, I think they're a good team. I think they're an energetic team. Um, I don't know. I, I'm starting to get that sense about this Bucks team that like, you know, they're not rolling over teams. They're not playing above who they are. I think they've been solid. And while they don't match up super well against the Suns or the Clippers, you know, I don't know that the Clippers or the Suns match up that well against the Bucks either. I mean, I don't know the NBA inside and out, but I don't know how many guys that they have that match up well against Giannis or, um, you know, Brooke Lopez. I think he's not a household name across the NBA, but I think as a big, he offers a lot for today's NBA. And I, I don't know. I think anybody five years ago would have said that this Bucks team is probably due for a championship in Giannis's primes early career. And it's starting to feel like that's this year. So I don't think that they're walk away NBA title favorites, but if if you were to put a gun to my head and say that I've got to put my life savings on one team, it would be the Bucks. And I and I say that as a guy who um, is a homer, but that's my take. Um, so I'll I'll kick it back to Sawyer here. Sawyer, what do you think? Who's your NBA champion? What do you see moving forward? Phil, I'm as much of a homer, if not more than you. I don't know if this is what the fans from all across the, the nation and all across the, the Chippewa Valley, everyone wants to hear here, but uh, I'm a big of homer as you are, Phil. Wisconsin sports till I fucking die, my man. Uh, till he the fucking Bucks, dies. The Bucks, I think, have a better chance this year to win it than they have in the past two years. Uh, they kind of choked in the last two years, and this year they, they, the trades they made are going to help them succeed here on the playoff floor. I've already, we've already seen it thus far with uh, Drew Middleton, 
first and foremost, being a lot more better than Eric Bledsoe <laughs> on the just, defensive end. Hold on, you said Drew Middleton. <laughs> Is that you just know a combo of the guards? Is that kind of the... fucking looks like him out there <laughs> on the floor, but... He's a combo guard. Yeah, Is it, yeah the, old, the old shooting guard shooting slash point, point guard. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, the old SP guard, Scotty P. You know what I'm saying out there, everyone. SPG. Uh, yeah. And, uh, he is a lot better than than uh, you know who I'm talking about. Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe yeah. here, yeah. New Orleans Pelicans. Eric Bledsoe. A lot more size. So what he brings to the table is only propelling the Bucks through this playoff scene. Yeah, Nick. I don't know. What do you think? Have you got? Are you raising the title flag already? or Are you pumping the brakes? Um, last series I had uh, I had Nets. Um, I was wrong. I was, I was very glad that I was wrong. Um, I really hate to say this, Phil. I actually, th- I, I think the Suns are going to beat them <laughs> in the finals. Um, and yeah. And again, I, I'm, I'd be happy that, um, if I was incorrect on that, I just, um, you know, there's something, there's something about this team, not quite playing up to their potential game in and game out. That just kind of makes me nervous, but um, we'll see. Uh, all right. That's our, uh, that's our buck segment. Um, we're going to take a minute here and uh, get back to you for the segment you have all been waiting, been waiting for. It is our uh, Greg Gard hot take segment. So uh, that's right. Boys, I'll uh, call you back in just a minute. All right. We'll be recording. Don't worry. All right. You All right, boys. Well, uh, I uh, I didn't think that uh, we'd be having a Wisconsin basketball segment in uh, late June here, but um, here we are. So, um, so Sawyer, I'm going to kick this off to you right away because uh, just in case the folks um, on this fine podcast uh, do not know the story. Why don't you uh, give a little synopsis of uh, what we are talking about today? All right. A little, a little Sawyer summary here. So basically, the Bucks had a meeting in 2021. The, Jesus Christ, I fucked it up. I wasn't <laughs> even a sentence into it. Basically, the Wisconsin Badgers had, had a meeting in, in 2021. Correct me if I'm wrong. 20, the last season, yeah. Correct. It was, it was after the Iowa game, I think. Right after that. Uh, they had a meeting. Uh, basically, it was with the seven seniors of the team, and then there was Coach Greg Garb, the head coach, and three other assistant coaches, I believe. So 11 people total, and they were having a meeting. The seniors ultimately called it. They got it off their chest. Uh they wanted to come together with Coach Greg Gard and and kind of tell them how they felt straight up off their chest. And uh, people took it as they were very openly critical of Greg Gard in multiple areas. Uh, not so much the coaching basketball end, but more so his relationship and personal connection with the players themselves. And they were really off-put by him and the way that he has treated them, and we heard recording. Someone secretly recorded this meeting 
bottom line, a uh, very shitty thing to do. Uh, I We have speculation in our own minds who the fuck had, was wearing the wire, but uh, we don't know who the hell did that. Ultimately, it was a shitty thing to do. That's That's a conversation that a lot of athletes have with their coaches behind closed doors and uh, it didn't need to be recorded. It wasn't meant to be recorded. It was a conversation that should be held private, not just for Coach Greg Dart, for, for every player in that meeting. But they all said things. We heard recordings on this tape that got leaked to, I don't know what it was. It was a state journal somewhere down in Madison, something like that. And and we heard players saying things, each and every one of them of their own account of what they ultimately didn't like about Greg Dart. And that's your Sawyer summary. Phil, um, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on Nate McGrory. Um, what, what? I think his name's I mean, Walt, isn't it? <laughs> who cares what his first name is? Who cares what his first name is? <laughs> I, I, literally could, I, I literally couldn't give two shits about what his first name was. I'm surprised he got the back of his last name right. You don't see the back of his jersey when he's sitting on the bench all game. Exactly. That's a good point. Phil, do you – does this change your opinion on Greg Gard himself at all? No. Not one bit. As a matter of fact, to me, it only elevates my opinion of him I I don't I mean here's the thing. I I would bet you that there's a lot of coaches across the NCAA whose players aren't overjoyed with having as a coach at times, especially when you're getting towards the end of the season. I mean, these guys have been doing workouts every day since August, September. You get sick of the guy. And especially when you have bad offensive performances and you're 22, 23 years old, it's tough. Um, and you know what? Guard was, he was, it, this story to me shows that he was willing to give his players a platform, give his seniors a platform to voice how they were feeling. And you know what? Ultimately, did it end up in doing much? Not really. I mean, they didn't really do that much in the tournament. They didn't do much in the Big Ten tournament that we didn't expect from them. They um, did. They did lose to the, to the eventual national champs, though, in the second round. I mean, and what that, do you want them to do? They actually played them like at least decently tough, right? Um, and I, I don't want to pull, I don't want to sound like the washed-up college athlete card here, but this is kind of my one opportunity to do it. I didn't love the coach that I had in college every day. I mean, there was a lot of times when I wish I could have had a sit-down meeting with him and bitched at him, and there were times that we talked about, you know, discrepancies and places that we disagreed on that's natural it's part of becoming an adult athlete is to be able to have those conversations i i mean it's not like he was abusing his players it's not like he was doing any scandals i mean for god's sake what nate reavers wanted him to take a vote of confidence in him and a lean forward was was complaining that he didn't feel like he had his his back, like I, he, didn't, he didn't feel like he had a fucking Georgia peach tree right around him. Is what he didn't feel like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just like sure. I mean, as as athletes, you you're welcome to bring that to your coach. And I, kudos to guard for listening. Um, but let's look at who was bitching here. Nate Reavers. I mean, I made this joke 18 months ago. He's one of the softest big men in the Big Ten Conference. 
And Aleem Ford, I don't know if he's taken a step forward since he was 19 years old. I mean, it's, he's been nothing but untapped potential. These guys, take a look in the fucking mirror. Hey, you know what? It, don't don't go it. nine minutes without scoring a bucket and then bitch at Greg Gard because right. he didn't have your back. All right. He's I'm, not around on the floor. He can't control that. You go that long without scoring. I completely agree with that point there. That, yeah. is, that is solid facts right there. You cannot just completely come at the coach and point the finger. Like, he's 100% of the problems going on uh, behind the scenes and on the floor because he's, he's you know, there's a difference between a player's coach and a coach's coach, and, and, and he's more of a coach's coach. He's a fundamental standpoint. He's getting down and dirty yeah. in the fundamentals of basketball. That's yeah. what he cares about. He's teaching you the fucking game, and he's hardcore about it. Other than that, does he is he going to allude to it much? Maybe not, and maybe that's what the players were upset about. And, I mean, that's something you're supposed to look for in recruiting. I, I'm not sure if, if it was falsified that way. Um, but without giving speculation, much respect to Greg Dart and what he does for the program. I do not think of him any less either, Nick, to ultimately answer your question. Yeah, um, Phil, I, 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 you know, I, I know you didn't want to – bring this up too much, but I do want to get back to your comments about being a college athlete and not agreeing with your coaches. So you mentioned that there, there were times where maybe you and your coach didn't see eye to eye. And what I, what I want to ask, and sorry, you, you can chime in too here, but what I want to ask is were the, were the players, do you think that the players, were justified in what they said at all? I mean, was there something to it or um, was that more than just a disagreement and maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit too much? That's a good question. I think, I mean, I think looking back on it hindsight wise, you know, even in when I was pissed at my coach, part of that was from my own, inability to raise up to the level that maybe my training was trying to get me to. And it was frustrating. And, you know, you think that you're doing all that you can and maybe you are, but as a, 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 as an athlete in the moment, you want to think that, okay, I'm doing all that I can and my results aren't coming. Where do I look? Okay. My coach is there. I'm going to have this conversation with him and maybe that's going to open up something that I couldn't find before. Um, so, I mean, I mean, we as as fans, we look and we've seen these players over the years and we have, you know, a limited sample size compared to what Greg Gard has in practice. But you you think I don't know, I, I think that some of these players might think of themselves a little bit more highly than they ended up actually being and producing. Um, I mean, my God, Walt McGregory, I think <laughs> is his name. Why is he even in this article? I mean, my God, the guy couldn't even play against Jordan State two years ago, and I'm supposed to listen to him talk about culture? I, it's tough for me. And and I don't know. I, I didn't think that Greg Gard didn't have his players' backs. I mean, I, I thought that, you know, he's not out there throwing chairs and doing a little bit of a um, a Jimmy – is it a Jimmy V? Didn't he throw the chairs? Yeah. At, yeah. I mean, I, no, he didn't do that. But he, he went out of his way and – um, I don't know. I, this is a little bit of a ramble. My, my point being that I, I do think that these players thought of themselves as more highly than what their actual talent and production would lend itself. 
And that makes their being taped and their being released look. Um, and it's a little bit questionable as to why this even got in the press. I, that was rambling. I'll, I'll get out of the way for you guys to kind of break this down. Sorry. Yeah. Um, um, my, my, um, the, I think that the most disappointing guy that, um, that I saw quotes from and I, full disclosure, I didn't take the time to, to listen to the full audio because I, I guess I just kind of figured that, um, that the article in and of itself would probably give the most, um, I guess significant quotes from it, but the guy and his quotes that I, I was kind of disappointed from the most was um, actually probably Potter's um, asking, you know, did I waste a year to come back? And, and, and it was like, um, you know, I was just kind of sitting there like I, I felt as though he was, um, I guess, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say the heart and soul, but you know, he was kind of the emotional guy on the team and, and, and obviously sometimes he let his emotions kind of run high. Um, but for him to, to say that when, um, you know, I thought he got plenty of playing time and, and I thought he, you know, he was one of the guys who at least had at least somewhat of a decent season. Um, that was kind of disappointing to see out of him just because he, you know, he was a transfer and, 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 um, I guess gave a significant spark, um, once he joined the team and, and for him to kind of trash guard like that kind of sucked, um, for Reavers, it didn't really surprise me whatsoever. Um, yeah, Davis, um, Ford didn't really surprise me at all. Um, Troy said said something in there that you know was um, maybe a little downgrading to guard, but really, I don't think it was too bad. And same with like Davidson, it, like it wasn't like it was really all that bad. I think they were just that there was to probably the worst thing Davidson's ever said about anyone. Not that's not a testament to like, his character. That's just who I think that guy is. Right. But, yeah. Um, as far as Nate Reavers goes, didn't surprise me one bit either. Nick, I'll double tap on that point right there. It didn't surprise me one bit. If there was one guy that that kind of looked like the, the the pity show out there on the court the whole year and, and as far as what he's doing on the floor and, and the guy that would, I don't know, look sideways at Greg Garden, maybe maybe that was him. And I don't know if I'm the only one who, who saw that, apparently not. But, but uh, yeah, this guy, I'm not surprised what he said. As far as Micah Potter goes, you're definitely right with all the emotional shit that he brought to the floor. He was, he was the... Uh, a presence out there on defense and stuff. He was like a, a PJ Tucker or a Bobby Portis sort of deal out there um, with maybe even more offensive skill than that. And he, he came out and, and said, and, and he said some, some controversial things about Greg Gard. And yeah, I don't know if that would hurt the most out of all seven of the seniors saying their piece, but it was up there. Yeah, um, so I don't know what your guys' theories are. I um, have kind of a, kind of a, um, this is 
we're actually breaking news right here a little bit. I have um, a bit of a roundabout source. I uh, know a guy who knows a guy who knows a lady who is um, apparently. Um, <laughs> what the hell? Who is apparently? What the hell? Is this who is apparently? Who is apparently Barry Alvarez's secretary? And um, from what I have heard, um, the uh, person who uh, released the the audio was Alondo Tucker. That's actually what um, I thought. Yeah, which is also extremely disappointing. I I don't know if you guys even remember Tucker in his Wisconsin days, but he was so good. He was a fucking stud. Absolutely, I remember him. Uh, Damn, I didn't. That's kind of a blindsider to me, there, Nick. I didn't see that one coming. I know that he got. I don't know what the hell the the fine line was. If he was released or or what? Yeah, he didn't get the extended contract as an assistant coach or whatever. But he always had like. I feel like he was always the one dapping up with the players or slapping hands after they had a good play or or kind of getting after them, getting fired up with them, kind of with them if they had a bad play even. He was the guy that was maybe a little more personable with with the players versus Greg Gard. So if there was if there was friction there between him and Greg Gard and, and the program culture, if he sided more with the players, I can see this happening. So that I don't think that's a very good character move with Tucker. Um at the same time, um from what I heard. Uh, again, source of a source of a source um, oh, is that he's kind of, is that Tucker's kind of headed out for guard for like two years, um, which I don't know what that says about either guy, right? And so then you kind of it kind of makes you wonder, um, you know, is guard actually the right guy? And I I don't know. It seems like he's recruiting well, um, and. I think within the next three years, you'll kind of see um, whether or not he is truly the guy. But um, at this point in time, I don't – I think that my questions – I don't think that it would be fair for me to say that my questions about him are lowered by this. Um, just because – you know, we're kind of used to bowl and we're probably not ever going to get bowl. And for those of you who are saying, well, we're just got Tony Bennett. That's, that's stupid. We, we're not going to get Tony Bennett. You've been waiting to say um, that for three years, Nick. <laughs> right. I, I will, I will eat my hat if they don't, if they get Tony Bennett and I'll do it happily because Tony Bennett's an awesome. You uh, heard it here first folks, Midwest coast, Exclusive Nick Malum eats hat coming soon 2024. Write it down. Uh, yay. If you know what, I'll do it. I'll do it happily. I'll do it on camera. Um, I don't know how you pod, I don't know how you podcast on video, but we'll uh, make it happen. And I mean, by 2024, they got to have podcast videos, right? For sure. For sure. So, um, but uh, I guess I kind of lost my train of thought there. I what I was. I think what I was trying to say was that my my questions on guard they haven't they haven't decreased any, um, and he's brought in some some 
some nice players and he's got a class coming in now that is nice as well. So, um, so now there's, there's kind of no excuses. I mean, now it's kind of like he should be, you know, top, at least top half of the big 10 kind of every year um, is kind of, kind of my mind. And by every year, I don't even mean this year because they're going to be young and this is kind of his last pass here. But after that, um, you know, with him bringing in the talent that he is, it's it's kind of time. Um, I don't know, if, uh, Phil or you I mean, do you kind of agree with me on that? He's he's got some great some great fucking recruiting processes and stuff. Here's a person I'll take kind of kind of out of the blue. Well, Chucky Hepburn is gonna be a great player for Wisconsin one day. Chucky Hepburn, he's gonna be a Chuck. He is. Uh, Fun fact, Phil. 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 Fun fact. Chucky Hepburn, he won the uh, Gatorade State Player of the Year over the number one recruit who's going to who's going to Gonzaga. No shit. Put that yeah. in your pipe and smoke it. That's gonna win me a trivia night one day. I tell you what. Sawyer, that's all you had was Chucky Hepburn? Yeah, no. you just went to Chucky Hepburn. No, no, I forgot what the take was here, but... I'm just glad he got the first and last name matched up, honestly. I mean, the guy's been limping through tonight. Well, Phil, you've been pouring them. I've been drinking them. This is the stuff you get out of my mouth. Here we go. But Chucky Hepburn, he's going to be a stud. I don't know what the take was that you guys were talking about for Wisconsin here. Can you refresh me a little bit? Or I mean, the point of it is just that recruiting. Some, yeah, recruiting. I mean, it's, it's, you look at, at at Davis; he's playing on like the U nineteen team or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's does, a good sign. He so. just made that came yeah. out came out today. Obviously, Greg Gard is not terrible at recruiting. Are we going to find someone that can step in and fill the position and do a better job? No, I mean. Greg Gard, here, here's a fucking hot take for everyone, for anyone that knows football. Listen up, everybody. Valley, Listen up. Greg Gard tries to mimic Bo Ryan like Mike Sins tries to mimic uh, Joe Labuda. Oh! That, that's a hot take right there. Uh, that Greg Gard is, is Bo Ryan in the flesh. He's like his wannabe son. I mean, a player ain't fucking doing good in the first minute and a half, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, you, you name it. That guy's getting yanked. And uh, he receives a lot. He, yeah, I mean, you miss two or three breaks in a row, you're probably getting your ass yanked. And he gets, he, the coach gets a lot of criticism for that. Except uh, for Tyler Wall. <laughs> yeah, that guy will get as much run as he uh, fucking needs. Jesus. I guess <laughs> wait for him to heat up. I guess that gets you a little somewhere. But, but yeah, Greg Garden mimics Bo Ryan so much in that way. And he gets criticism for it. But Bo Ryan ultimately has had success with that, with that, uh, little philosophy there and and back to my main point it's what Mike Sims tries to do with Joe Labuda and the option offense give it a rest wow how about that that'll be a Midwest Coast hit right there hold on hold on hold on hold on you began the segment by loving Greg Gard Chucky and, and now you're telling Greg Gard to give it a rest Give it a rest. No, that necessarily wasn't at him. <laughs> I don't want to talk in circles for the viewers. That necessarily wasn't at him. That was a dig <laughs> on Sims right there. Yeah. 
you can't hold on. You cannot say that. You cannot say that they're two in the same, and that Sin should give it a rest. But but Greg Gard should actually be exactly like Bo Ryan. That's not how. That's not how this comparison works. Okay, well, there's a little Stugatz in everybody, Nick. Yeah. All right. All right. Um. So, uh, Sawyer, this question might be more geared towards you, but I'd I'd like to hear Phil's um, response towards it first. Um, Phil, ultimately, I mean, let's just do some kind of prediction here. So, obviously, Gar's been recruiting well, but this is – we're starting to get into sort of a different generation here of of, uh, kids. So – is this going to ultimately affect um, not only Greg Gard's team, but his recruiting in general? That's, uh, that's actually the, the one concern I have from the article. And the reason is that, you know, we read it as guys who have reached the end of our athletic careers. I mean that's that's pretty obvious. Yeah, and I mean think think of yourself when you're 18, 19, 20 years old. You you think back then you think like your potential is way higher than you're achieving and you're trying to find a coach who's going to allow you to to achieve that. And so I don't know any of the players that guard has been recruiting personally, but I would assume that most 18, 17-year-olds are going to read this article and and have some questions about what exactly guard is offering them as a coach. Um, And I, I certainly hope that they don't see this as a negative entirely because you have a guy who can listen and you have a guy who is willing to take time to heed to his players. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of his, you know, recruits ends up saying, you know what? this is a bad look for the program. I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, Sawyer, what do you think? You're a little bit younger. What's, I mean, as a, as a high school junior, and you just read that your uh, coach. No, obviously it's not, it's not good, Phil. It's not good at all. It's not a good look for the program whatsoever. And that's what worries me about it from the get go is, is the, the discouraging facts and, and I don't even know what to call them facts. That might be wrong of me about the program and about the culture and about the coach at, at, at the UW and what that's going to do to our future recruits is it's, I don't want to say it's unimaginable, but we don't want it. We don't want that to, to stir away anybody uh, that is looking for a program. That's only looking to get you better. Ultimately, I believe that is still what Greg Gard is trying to do in a basketball sensation. If he didn't have as much as much care for the guys personally as another coach was, well, I mean, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for a life coach, then maybe the UW isn't for you. I mean, it's it's the hardcore truth sort of deal. Greg Gard is the coach's coach, and and he's gonna he's gonna instill that in everybody. But in a way, they should know that because you can't get into UW like you can into some other schools with a shitty GPA or a shitty ACT score. I mean, that's been well documented over the years that we struggle to get some of those kids that need some of that development because the school itself doesn't accept it. So, 
I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested to see how many of these kids who and I'm really going to read this and think, oh, I'm not going to be able to, you know, succeed with this guy. Yeah, right. Nick, what do you think? We'll kick it to you. Yeah, I'm I'm with with this new transfer rule where they can transfer once without any penalty. Um, it does make me nervous. It does because um, you've seen a couple transfers that he's gotten in this year, and they're not. I mean, they'll you know they'll be players, but it's not like they're um, crazy difference makers, and yet. Um, the guys that he's bringing in as recruits coming from high school can be difference makers, you know, according to everything that you read and stuff. And so, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of the, the departure and influx of players, um, within the next couple of years and kind of how the team ends up shaping up to be because, um, whether it's fair or not, um, this ultimately could lead to um, his demise, whether we like it or not. And it ultimately could end up being his demise in two to three years. Um, and we may not even realize it, but the, you know, this, this could be kind of, and I, you know, I, I don't want to be a guy who overreacts to things, but um, you know, this could be something that leads to his departure not now, because I there there's, um, in my opinion, there's there's no way that they get rid of him. But um, three years from now, and you're going to blame it on, well, he had, um, you know, three important guys transfer out, um, and couldn't bring in those same quality players in from the transfer portal, um, and you can probably trace that back to this for this whole reporting business. And, and, and that's, I think that's unfortunate because I do think he's a good coach. Um, but ultimately, you know, we don't know who he is personally, but I, I, you know, I think that he's a good basketball mind. He's just, I don't know, maybe he's gotten the short end of the stick and you know, whatever. Um, so I swear, Sawyer, we're going to end it on, on a positive note, I, I swear, but before I that, I want to get into tonight. So yeah, it sounds good to me. Yeah. But before that, I want to get into, um, Phil, you and I did a pod. Um, I believe it was after, no, it was right before the tournament, I think. And, uh, we were just kind of reminiscing on, you know, how we would remember this, um, this group of seniors um, and we kind of remembered them fondly as, you know, um, during the, the uh, 2019, 2020 season, you know, having a nice run um, and ultimately being appreciative. And now that we know this, um, I don't know about you, Phil, it, 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 it skews my opinions of that group who I've, I've heard of as being called the uh, now after this being the uh, the soft seven. So, um, soft what is your seven. what is your That's opinion awesome. on the soft seven? That's awesome. Um, look, it's here's I'll be short and sweet. This is a conversation that 
we as a public shouldn't know about. I mean, we shouldn't have been able to hear this. We shouldn't read about this. Um, and I, I would, I would wager that if you were to put a coach's office across the NCAA last year, you would have heard probably a number of conversations that sounded similar to this. And you would probably hear this conversation similar across if you were to go back in time. Um, So to me, I don't want to put a lot of faith in this being reflective of how I remember them only because I don't have this type of information for most, if not, you know, really any other basketball college basketball player across the course of history. So I don't know. I mean, I look at this senior group. I already knew that Nate Reavers was soft. I already knew that Micah Potter was emotional. I already knew that Walt McGregory was a washout that never did anything. (laughs) So, I mean, to me, I don't, I don't see this as being anything that's going to like permanently change the way that I view these players only because I don't think that if I had this same information with other players, I'd probably feel the same way. So I, I don't know. To me, it's, it's an interesting look at some of the behind-the-scenes conversations that can be had in college basketball, but it isn't anything that is going to negatively taint their legacy in my mind. But I'll, I'll kick it to you guys in terms of what you think about it. Sawyer? No, no. Go ahead, Nick, if you got Yeah. It. No, th- thanks. So, so, um, Phil, I will not lie, and I, I will fully admit this. I believe that you have the reasonable take on this, and I know that you have the correct take on this and that you are correct. You are right. And yet, how I feel is that I can't now unread what I read. I can't. I can't. I can't view them as if, as if I didn't know that, that they had this meeting and that some of the words that were said were said. In the dirt, this is how we're gonna run it. And this guy, it doesn't matter whether he's got a fucking forty-five man roster or a fucking ninety-seven man roster. He's gonna. We're gonna run the option yeah, because that's what gonna, got me to state. We're gonna run him ninety-eight. We're gonna run and we're gonna pound this thing up everyone's fucking assholes. When you've got linemen with game, weighing two hundred and five pounds, and you think you're just gonna move guys off the line, it's got, not gonna happen. You got two all-region running backs on your team or wide receivers. You just got mad playmakers. And all no you, option. All you want to do is pull the big lineman and pull stuff the guard and, and let one man through and try and make someone miss. Like, right. how about you always talk about playmakers and stuff? Like, how about we utilize some of them playmakers and maybe toss the pigskin a little bit, like Joe Montana? That's what I'm. Little Joe Montana. Hey. Oh shit. Are we live? Oh. So ultimately, goodness. what I was disappointed with was that. Ford said that he wouldn't bring his his son to UW, which, in my opinion, is just either it's so far over the top or that guard is that bad. And I I don't want to think of guard as that bad of a guy, and maybe he is. And if he is, he needs to get out, like, now. Um, but if he's not, dude, this 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 whole thing it was so overblown that um 
you know, I know that that players have meetings with coaches, but this was more than just, oh, I'm upset at the coach. I'm going to have a meeting. Like, no, this was more than that. It was, it was like, I mean, it was like this the Salem witch trials. <laughs> oh shit! Was that junior year of English? When was that? That was junior year oh, of English. Yeah. Junior year, Mister Brisky, uh, Coach yeah. Brisky. Right, right, right. I know it well. I know it well. The old day baseball team. Old day baseball today. team. Hey, that's right. That was today. Yeah. And. Now he's in the fans cheering. In the fans stands. Right, the fans. Just like he was on the side. Just like he was at fucking basketball game. Bum. Play your freshman over your juniors or blood, sweat, and tears of your program. You know what? Can we forward this on to the coaches of yore? These guys are fucking bums. (laughs) Does Jordan Masters listen to this? (laughs) Um, I'm guessing he's not one of our eight listeners. Fuck. Can you forward this one to him? Actually, he said a lot of nice things about me. Well, we got to do so. is start sending DMs of this fucking recording, and now maybe we'll start to get some viewers once we start pissing some people off. That's what we got to do. Go skip Bayless route. Ruffle some feathers. Little Colin Coward. All right, Nick, what were you saying? Uh, basically, <laughs> what I was saying was that even though you're – take which i have no idea how you have that take and then just let off uh just flamethrower um for your old for your old coaches yourself just right now um your your ultimate take on guard is correct but um at the same time man these these seniors i just have a different I do have a different feeling about him now, and that's not really fair to them because this recording was never supposed to come out. But God Almighty, like that was bad. That was bad, and uh, uh, you know, things that you say when you're not in front of people, I guess, is supposed to show character. Um, and some of the shit that they said in this this recording did not show very much character, in my opinion. Sawyer, do you have any lasting thoughts on these seniors, or do you just want to skip to the good part? Uh, lasting thoughts. I'll leave it kind of piggybacking off what you said, Nick. That's ultimately not what we want to remember these guys and, and how the games they played over a couple over a couple seasons by. But at the same time, it's hard to forget this. It's hard to forget this article. It's hard to forget what they said and things they said. Bill brought up a great point. Like, it's hard to judge them by when we don't know what the previous classes have have done behind closed doors before this, and that hasn't came out uh, to the public. Nobody shine shone light on that. But it's hard to forget about this. It's hard to forget about what they said, how openly critical they were. Um, it does feel like they they do have a little bit of. Mm, a discrepancy or a loss of, of self-awareness or, or everything that they accumulated themselves. And it felt like some fingers were being pointed. Um, and that's not what any Wisconsin basketball fan wants to remember this season by. And I just hope it doesn't hurt the recruiting going forward. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I, 
Actually, I have one more thought on this too. This is this pod is about to go just a little bit long, but I'm about to go old man on everyone right now, and I think that Phil's going to agree with me at least on this one. But, this should be good. So after this whole thing came out, and there were statements by Alvarez and Guard on Wisconsin basketball's Twitter, um, and I saw that people were ripping Guard for. In his statement, he said that it was unfortunate that this this recording came out um, that because it was private and the players deserve better, which I thought was spot on. And then I saw responses about how he should actually own up to not connecting with the players as if he has any as if he has any fucking responsibility to apologize to any fucking one who reads that statement besides the players in which in the recording he apologized to the players. I I couldn't fucking believe it how people were like, own up to your mistakes, guard. He apologized in the recording. He doesn't need to apologize to you. This is not about you. It's about the players. I couldn't. I It was unfucking fathomable to me. And yet this whole this whole like new Twitter thing is now like your apology is not fucking good enough. And it honestly pisses me off. Phil, you agree with me, don't you? I do. Um I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pour a little bit of cold water on your fire here. And I will say this. <laughs> Most of the Twitter mentions and the Reddit comments that you're reading are people that already wanted Greg Gard fired years before this moment happened. I mean, you you and I were at those ball games where people were booing him on the lineup announcements and he hadn't done a goddamn thing then either. That's um, correct. I think it's a reflection that people are just in general not that smart and you can't let your blood pressure get too high from dumb people. Phil, I read Phil, I mean, take this a grain of salt, but I read a I read an article that said and granted it was from a blog but i read an article that said that you know should greg gard be fired and their ultimate answer was no but within the article they said own up to your mistakes guard what 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 does he need to own up to no kidding already own up to that's that's bad takes that's bad takes you heard my takes before about coaches trying to follow cultures before them and stuff but what you're saying that that's agreeable. That's bad takes by by the people that are that are saying this shit. He ultimately apologized. People heard that he has, and the players even acknowledge that they the, whoever it was like they acknowledge that he apologized earlier in the season or the season before prior, uh, where they kind of had a similar talk, and and he openly apologized and was very more than sincere about it. So, no, he he has owned up to his mistakes, like. I, I don't agree with that either. I'm not being that critical on on the guy there. That's he's owned up to it and and more more reliability and accountability should fall on the player's shoulders. Agreed. Okay. Um that's enough of Greg Gard talk. This pod has gone long enough already and yet um Sawyer uh I want to end the pod with this. A couple weekends ago, we watched 
Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards dominated the entire fucking fight. It was five rounds. And yet, if Nate Diaz had one more minute, I believe that Nate Diaz would have fucking knocked him out. Nate Diaz was on a fucking tear that night. No man in the UFC can take a punch like Nate Diaz. That guy eats him. His jaw is unbreakable. People talk about having a glass jaw. Well, God damn it. That's a gold jaw right there. That thing, that thing's gold worth jaw. money, man. That gold thing jaw. is unbreakable. This man can take a punch anywhere. He's not fighting if he's not bleeding everywhere from his head. <laughs> he is not in his zone. Like, he's got to be covered in blood. And he was doing some whole ass foolery acts out, on, out there in the octagon this match, too. He was kind of trying to play him for a fool, like acting like he wasn't paying attention, doing a little shimmy shake sideways, like he was just like keeping warm and shit. And then all of a sudden he'd be dodging punches or throwing a punch. Like he was, he was out there and he wasn't going down, nor does he ever go down. Mad respect to Nate Diaz. Yeah. He is unranked and he is my favorite fighter in the UFC. He is unlike any other. I could not believe it. He is much wa- – I mean, we we watched him for 20, 24 minutes get dominated, and for the last minute, he had a chance. And it's he, because oh. he just does not fucking give up, and he's he's just the best motherfucker out there. He is just such a badass. Like, he refuses to go down. Yeah, you're right. He had the guy wobbling on his knees. He Yeah, he – his knees were like he was on a fucking boat that just had a jet ski go by, just rocking some white caps. His knees were rocked. <laughs> he could not keep straight up. And, and Nate Diaz, like, give the guy some credit. He went through just a mutilation, just fucking through five rounds. He's bleeding everywhere. He's tired as shit. I mean, he did what he could to try and knock him on. He gave it his all at the end. Like, that was. I don't care if that was the first fight of the main card. That was the best fight of the main card. You ask me. It was by far the best fight. You're you you uh, yeah no you are not lying. Um, Phil, do you have any parting thoughts for this uh, nice crowd who spent the entire pod um, listening to us? Which I'm guessing there are not many. Yeah, thanks to all the, the loyal listeners out there. Uh, stay tuned. I think. We didn't touch on Aaron Rodgers, and we're not going to. But next Friday, it sounds like it's nobody the big can game. touch that motherfucking man. Jesus Christ, this guy's a washed up has been. <laughs> Point is, next Friday, July second, we're gonna know a lot more. So stay tuned. Absolutely. Also, Kessinira is gonna be a league average hitter for the rest of the season. He's gonna carry the Bruce. Gotta pass. love to see it. He better fucking strap the glove on too. Put the glove on, boys. Learn how to play first base, and then we'll talk. Uh, <laughs> Um, Sawyer, besides that parting shot at, uh, Kesson Hero, who's played a decent first base this year. Um, do you have any other, uh, parting thoughts before we, uh, let these listeners go? Parting thoughts. You got my mind circling about the Badgers, the Packers, and the Brewers. Parting thoughts. Vogel back needs to get back healthy. Vogel back, 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 back. I want to, <laughs> what, what? Do you guys know where Kane is in the lineup? Has he been playing lately, or is it JBJ from here on out? Kane's on the uh, Kane's on the old IL. It used to be called the DL. Okay, same difference. Either way, he needs to loosen them stiff ass legs up and get his ass back out there in the green outfield because we need the guy. All right, 
JBJ, he's done a great job. We need we need we need Kane back though at the plate and in the field. That's all I'm gonna say about that. The Packers, we know where it's at. There ain't been much news to to update on there, but we still got our fucking core team. I don't care what Phil says about Jordan Love or not. I still have faith in the Hall of Famer, and without him or with him, Matt Lafleur can bring us to a championship. That's right. And how about some uh, some uh, headway on the on the Wisconsin football uh, recruiting front, huh? Ah, we just got a big guy today. I saw uh, he was a lineman. That's right. Uh, yes, big recruit today. Some big name schools going after this guy. I don't know if I read Bama and yeah, uh, he was Bama, between Oklahoma and LSU, I believe, on the recruiting cast. But this guy was big. He was deciding between Wisconsin and Ohio State. Yeah, fuck OSU. I'm I'm that. That was a great way to spend my drive today. Yep, and do you think all of the um, in-state uh, linemen are going to sign with the Badgers? All, all the uh, four, um, four stars. God, I I'd like to hope they would, but that's not always a reality. Um, personally, personally, I think they're not very intelligent if they don't like we're better than to go than the hometown state we're offensive lineman university like if you're a fucking tight end like sure on you maybe you got maybe you got fucking io on your mind or something like that or that travis travis kelsey and greg olson fucking camp wherever the hell that is like like if you want to go there so be it but if you're a fucking offensive lineman what are you what are you thinking what are you thinking we're running back university and offensive linemen university for a reason. Wisconsin, we don't have throwing quarterbacks often. Uh, Russell Wilson, if you're listening, please let my soul rest in peace. I'm not hating on you. <laughs> you were good, but other than that, no, I don't eat my words. That's good. No, that's good. I, I think that kid from uh, um... – St. Mary Springs actually listens to the pod, so that was that, that was a good kind of parting thought there. Yeah, they beat Dolby two years ago in the sectional semifinals or sectional finals, whatever it was. So, I mean, your ass is probably out there, but, I mean, God, I'd like to pick from a certain area too. I mean, you did good. i like to see you succeed ultimately. Yep, friend of the pod, friend of the pod. All right, boys, uh, thanks for joining me, as always, and uh, we'll catch up hopefully soon, and uh, maybe we'll even give another finals prediction um, before this whole uh, NBA playoffs is uh, wrapped up. All right, let's we, kick we, it. We definitely will, maybe even for the NBA finals here when the when the Bucks knock out these fucking losers. Bucks and five. Vulture Hawks. Vulture Hawks. Turkey Vultures. Bucks and five. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, boys. Be good. Yeah, signing off. Sorry, Hayes. Be smooth, boys.